So today, I'd like to remind us of the miracle of the love of God that's already around us. Very often our Christianity can seem so far away from the reality of our lives. You know, what little faith we have to muster up is uh, often too muted and too soft against the loud brokenness of ourselves and the world around us. Loneliness, trauma, illness, fatigue, addiction, um, grief, suicidality even. When people say God loves you, or when you read John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, or that in 1 John 4 where it says, we love because he loved us first, these may just seem like words on a page, or yeah, sure, whatever, I might have read that before. But how often do we actually sit in that and feel that with our, our bodies and in our chests? I want to have a little bit of fun, my idea of fun, and uh, uh, draw our attention to how at work and present this love of God is um, in, the, in the story around us, the love of Christ, the love that Christ epitomizes and has inserted into our reality um, and in the world around us every day and encourage us to bravely leave in, lead into this. Through the ages, human beings have often spoken about different types of love. The ancient Greeks had fancy words for it. There was um, eros, philia, agape, to name a few. And uh, in a talk on Christianity, Jonathan Viveki, a, a lecturer from the University of Toronto, um, uh, gives, reflects on these different types of love. And he says, uh, you know, eros or erotic love is a love that seeks to consume or consummate. You have philia, which is brotherly love, which is the love which seeks to reciprocate or give both ways. And then you have agape love, or uh, godly love, as C.S. Lewis puts it. And this is something quite different. This is the love which gives without expecting to receive. It's self-sacrificial. It's a love that's not based on the deservedness of the beloved, but on the, um, on the lovingness of the lover. And this is the gospel love, God who gave himself for us so that we might uh, be saved and become whole. And so Viveki says that it's this love which sets Jesus apart, that gave this lowly carpenter the opportunity to make his mark on history. And uh, he goes on to make this beautiful statement uh, about God. And here's where the miracle is. He says that live this love has the power to make non-persons persons. So I want to unpack that a bit because it's actually very, very cool. And, it's, and it's, it's literally true, literally true. So it's true physically. If you think about a baby, not really a person, kind of just lying there, <laughs> crying, eating, screaming, excreting. Um, and without its parents, it would die. But with its parents and th with the self-sacrificial agape love that parents lavish on their children, caring, feeding, clothing, s slowly that thing starts to turn into a living, feeling, thinking being. So this is also true historically and culturally. One of the reasons why Christianity would replace the mighty Roman Empire would be because all of those people who were considered nobodies of low status Women, children, slaves, the poor, the sick, became somebodies. They began to hold places of value 
in the version of reality that Jesus was redemptively beginning to bring into being through lovingly and self-sacrificially taking on flesh and walking amongst us. And the Gospels themselves are littered with personal stories of non-persons in the eyes of society at the time being redeemed by Jesus, the woman at the well, the little children following him, people with leprosy, and the list goes on. So all of this is to say that God has knitted this gospel love into the fabric of reality and history, and it has and has already and continues to literally miraculously turn non-persons into people. This love is much closer than we think. It's not abstract. It's not distant. Not only is it not abstract and not distant, it's also not just the concept that our kind of left brains can analyze and forget about. It's a person that our right brains can relationally attach to and be anchored to in the course of the ups and downs of our lives. Uh, he's Emmanuel. He was with us, and he's still with us through his spirit. So I'd love to say much more here, but maybe I can say that uh, maybe the brokenness of the world and the brokenness of yourself is too much for the level of the faith you have to believe that God loves us and God loves you. Maybe you wish you had more faith. I was in a, quite a low space a few weeks ago, and my faith was low, and I asked myself, what could I bring that God would love me, that I would be qualified to love others well with any degree of efficacy? And I woke up one morning and heard a, a soft, gentle invitation to my soul. And the words of Matthew 17 that usually ring in my head with quite a condemnatory tone, um, like saying, you're not enough. And the words were, if only you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be moved. Nothing is impossible f with me and for you. And my prayer is that we would all hear, not in a condemnatory tone, like you don't have enough faith, but in a gentle, warmly beckoning voice to come toward him with a little faith that we have to start believing that he loves us and that he can love through us. Thank you.